0: Welcome to Hallmarked
1: Up with Mary and Sarah. So this is Sarah. This is Mary and we are sitting here wearing flannel and drinking hot cider as we bring you our commentary on the first film of the Hallmark countdown to Christmas season.
0: That's right. And I'm we're having pumpkin pie, so excuse that. But we thought it would be appropriate. We have like our Christmas candles burning, so we're all trying to get in the spirit. It's a little bit hard when it's not even
1: Halloween yet, but we're getting there. But luckily, you know, apple cider and pumpkin pie also work for our October holiday. That's so very true. Gonna...
0: So we just finished watching the premiere movie on Hallmark Channel, Christmas Wishes and Mistletoe Kisses.
1: I actually want to point out, um, I'm not sure. I guess there are Christmas wishes in this movie, um, but I don't think there's a single Mistletoe Kiss, actually. No.
0: In fact, we, there's kind of only one reference that I recall.
1: Yeah, but no, I but again, that. this is another one of those titles that I think you could slap on any Hallmark Christmas movie and be fine. That's anyway. right. That's right.
0: But there was no like clear, oh yeah, I get why they called it that.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, but I mean, that's okay. Whatever. The, the titles are never the best or the worst part of these movies really, so. Yeah.
0: So, this movie is the one that starts off when we talked about this in the preview a little bit. She was in fact a interior designer in a former pre-child life Right. And she currently uh, is interviewing for a job to become an interior designer.
1: Which she's really hesitant to accept this interview, by the way. So our main character, her name is Abby. She It's very c- unclear what she does for a living in her post-design life, but it appears that she works at um, an assisted living facility for seniors. And um, the reason she is hesitant to accept this design interview is because she already has a job that allows her to make so much time for her son and really prioritize her family life. That's right. Which makes me sort of think like what's this thing where like we kind of assume that if a job is less glamorous or lower prestige it allows you more flexibility because it doesn't.
0: No, exactly. And I mean so we see we flashed you a quite an important scene in the um in the uh, old folk place that's just a living place where uh one of the patients there an older gentleman obviously amazingly needs her to help him with something
1: and surprisingly his grandson turns up his extremely attractive grandson who, you know, right away cannot be the primary love interest for three reasons. Correct. Number one. Um, he is wearing neither a flannel nor a Henley or a suit. suit. So we've already talked about in the last episode, how those are the two types of Hallmark men. They're either flannel or Henley clad down home boys or their high powered CEO um, suit types. Yeah, he was he's neither. He's neighbor. a doctor. He was a
0: doctor. He's like, a doctor, a yeah. real like. job. He doesn't own his own corporation, you know.
1: Right, he's probably much wealthier than the average American, but he's not a CEO and we know in this movie she's going for the CEO. That's we already right. Now this and, and he home. doesn't
0: own a Christmas tree lot, and he's like chopping down trees. So like right. he was a, so yeah, we knew he definitely wasn't the guy. But this is like sort of foreshadowing the, the the
1: movie a little bit. Second reason it definitely couldn't be him is because he does not have the hair. Mm. So he's actually pretty attractive, and he his hair is um short with some actually like kind of rugged facial hair, like dark hair all around, and like a very kind of like Italian look, which brings me to the third reason he's Italian. At some point he gives his last name and it's Italian. We all know that the Hallmark men like are nine times out of 10, like wasps.
0: Yeah. And (laughs) even this guy that, you know, she's interviewing for the job for he, his last name is Sinclair, you know, like very, and he
1: has the crucial side part and slicked back hair, which is very important, even though he's not a particularly attractive man, but that's okay.
0: Exactly. So she goes to this interview, which she kind of bombs, but she gets the job anyway, essentially
1: there's obviously a, A girl there who's gonna be some kind of nemesis. Right. So she completely bombs the interview. I think kind of bombs is kind of generous. I know, that's true. But um, so she's interviewing with Nick Sinclair, the, you know, the Mr. Darcy of this of this movie. Um, and his senior vice president, Kate. And Kate's kind of like skeptical and she's kinda like, All right, so like tell us about yourself. And Abby's kinda like, Well, haven't worked in this field in about a decade and I only held one job in this but I got the interview because Nick's mom kind of likes me and Mm. so I think you should hire me which I mean guys this is a historically bad job interview like
0: yeah and she gets it anyway
1: and she gets it anyway over Kate's objections but like let's take a moment to acknowledge that Kate's objections were kind of valid of course they were totally valid oh and then another interesting thing is at one point uh, Kate says okay so you know how many people are on your team and she's like well I don't really have a team, but I have an assistant on retainer who I can call up. And so later we'll come back to this because this poor assistant apparently has been on retainer, like twiddling her thumbs for 10 years. And it's just like she's been doing at Abby's beck and call. So we'll come back to her like Desiree deserved better.
0: So then she gets the job. We learn, of course, she has a son. That's like a part of the five year old kid. Like we said, she kind of left the business to go work. She has a father who runs a cafe who kind of like looks out for her.
1: Single dad, another important Hallmark trope. Yeah. So she starts working on, her her job is basically redecorating the family estate for the Sinclair family. Yes. And part of that involves getting it ready for their Christmas gala, which is happening on December 24th.
0: Because every movie like this has an actual party on a date that no one would actually be able to attend.
1: Right. Um. So um, in real life, I, I feel like you'd avoid the 24th, but it's okay. Whatever. Adds to the drama. That's right. Things are happening on Christmas Eve or whatever. She's going to be decorating for this gala as well as just redecorating the entire mansion.
0: Yeah. It appears to have been stagnant for like quite some time.
1: Right. So she's doing this and as she starts working, she gets off to kind of a rocky start with Kate, who again, kind of justified. Yeah, kind of justified. So Kate's kind of skeptical of some of the work she's doing. And Nick is not being extremely supportive because he doesn't really want the redecorating to be his main priority. And he's kind of got other things he's working on. And she really feels like he should be giving it more of his time.
0: Right. I don't really get that part either. Like, he's working. He doesn't really care what it looks like. But, of course, in true Hallmark fashion, he kind of, like, without even half a second turnaround, he is very
1: engaged in the decorating. Right. Um, and it's definitely because he's in love with her. Yes, of course. So there's definitely a spark. Immediately. Immediately. And unlike
0: other Hallmark movies, she kind of is into him too. They never really had like the I hate you moment.
1: No, they never had the I hate you moment, but they definitely did have the you're the asshole CEO who um oh, not your, care. You're, right. who, you're letting right. your bitch senior um senior vice, vice whatever president she is, yes, uh, question my work. How dare you? And right.
0: So another thing that's going on in the background is there's like a Christmas play uh, that her son is in. And after she's worked for a few days at the, at the mansion, we wanted to play this bit. Uh, so I'll just set this up. They're at the theater. They're sitting down. It's the dad and
1: her, and they are just talking about how her job is going. Totally normal conversation that every woman has with her dad. Right. Until we hear this. Your worry wrinkles
0: giving you away. There might have been a moment. What kind of moment? Like a lingering, eye contacty kind of moment. Nick and I are, are looking for Christmas ornaments and the next we're hiding away from the snowstorm in his boathouse, enjoying each other's company. That sounds nice. No, it's confusing. I mean, on Monday he's a distant workaholic and then on Tuesday he's nice and thoughtful and warm. I mean, I don't know which version of Nick I'm decorating for. Well, and, and this is, like, pretty interesting because this is exactly what we thought. Like, she's even admitting that it happened overnight like he cared. So, which, that never happens either. So. I also
1: want to point out, this is the second or maybe even third time she's had this conversation with her father about her attraction to her boss, which, like, definitely conversation I have with my father. Oh,
0: so, so, all the time. I call uh, my dad right? every day to talk to him about my dating life.
1: But I think there's a really key reason that it's her father she's having this conversation with, and that's if it weren't him, they would have to develop another female character.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Which they they had a few options, but they right. chose to make it the
1: dad. It could have been Desiree. It could have been you know a coworker at, the, right. at
0: the the assisted
1: he, living or something. It could yeah. have been it could have been a lot of people, but, but it, it had no. to be the dad. Okay, whatever. So anyway,
0: carrying on with the actual plot line. So essentially, just to kind of like make a typical hallmark story a bit more summarizable.
1: So it's heating up, but she's not really sure. If it's going to go anywhere because it's weird and he's her boss and like all this sort of thing. And then she remembers like there is this extremely eligible pediatrician who a very nice gentleman was good enough to introduce her to. And maybe she could give him a try. And so she does.
0: She does. But very weirdly, Nick Sinclair finds out about
1: this and he decides to turn up at the restaurant with Kate. Which is a completely normal and healthy way to deal with the jealousy that you feel for your employee that you're attracted to. So weird. So he, yeah, he's one day just like, so where's Abby? And the event planner who she's working with, who is a very um, nice older British gentleman by the name of Walter, it's like, oh, yeah, Abby, she's on a date. He's like, I'm sorry, a date? And he's like, yeah, that's when two people who are attracted to each other have dinner and they, he's and like, he no, knows I know what a date, date is. is. Well, and he's like, well, yeah, he, she went with this gentleman, Michael, to a place called Aurora Borealis. And he's like, oh, okay. And so then that night, he says to Kate, like, oh, you know, we're doing great work. Why don't we celebrate with a work dinner at this great place called Aurora Borealis? Not at all weird or creepy. Totally normal. So they all turn up. They, oh, Kate's like, isn't that
0: Abby? Amazing. And then weirdly, they all four have dinner together and it's it's really
1: weird. Weirdly, yeah, they just pull up two more chairs to Abby and Michael's table and just make it a big, happy family. And I this is going to be a moment that we revisit, let's say. Yeah. For so moving sure. forward, um, they have this weird dinner together. And Michael's now invited to the gala, and that's cool. But I mean, he like works at the hospital that they're having the gala for, so it's so it makes sense. It's cool and normal. And I'm like, you know, crashing your employee's date, which is definitely she- weird. So that happens, and meanwhile, things continue to sort of heat up between Abby and Nick until we get to this to this gala.
0: Yeah, and she's of course carrying on with her decorating, and and you know, there's not even like a montage kind of they just kind of keep going they get to the gala um everyone's dressed up of course and looks amazing so at one point we see kate decide she's talking to to walter walter the lovely british event planning guy and she says oh i do you know where nick is i have a proposal for him when i see something i want i know how to get it well of course we know that she's not going to ask him to marry her but Walter totally runs and tells
1: Abby that that's essentially what's going to happen. But we can we, t- can we talk about the fact that that's a weird thing to even read into that situation? Yeah, well, there, There's no sign that they've been dating. No. Like, at no point... point now they're going to get married. At, at no point has there been any sexual tension between Kate and Nick. At no point have they, as far as... I wondered if it was his sister at first. Like, it was a bit unclear what her job was. Right. So I'm not sure how anyone just sort of assumes... You know, she's looking for her her boss slash business partner person, and she's going to make him a proposal. I'm not sure how anyone assumes that's a proposal of marriage, but whatever. So, of course, Abby gets sad and she, like, leaves the party with her
0: her son. Then Kate does go to Nick, proposes that she takes over the whole shebang. And Nick has some time with the girl that he loves, which, of course, is
1: Abby. Right. So she basically proposes a promotion for herself to CFO to allow her to take on more of the responsibilities of the company while Nick takes more time for himself. And what's really important to him, which is clear at this point, is Abby. Um, so, so he goes to look for her father. Her father says she's left. Um, and then he says, he gives a good piece of paternal advice, exactly. which is, you're going to need a grand gesture. But I'm not sure why he needs a grand gesture because he hasn't actually done anything no. wrong at this point and other th- than the part where crashed her date. That which part was, was weird, weird, but that's not... So at any rate, he turns up at her
0: house. The son notices him. He's out the front where, amazingly, not far from her house, I guess, is like a gazebo with, and a string quartet. Is that's out the grand gesture. I think he hires the string quartet. Yes, but like the gazebo was really handily nearby.
1: Yeah, I mean... But anyway,
0: yeah. of course. So then he essentially is like, no, Kate didn't ask me to marry her. She's going to run the company and you should live with, you know, we should live happily ever after ourselves. And it magically snows on Christmas Eve, which apparently it's never done before, although it was constantly snowing the entire movie.
1: Right. Uh, It's also really unclear where we are geographically. There were references made to the fact that we are in the southeastern United States. Nothing more specific than that. Nobody seems to have an accent appropriate to that region. It's unclear to me. Totally. Apparently it's based on a book. I assume if you're curious, you can check it out. That's right. So that's sort of like, in about 15 minutes, wrap up the movie. That's the
0: first one of the season. That's a good bingo. Congratulations.
1: Let's talk first about our our, our bingo moment. Yeah. So we're going to talk about our favorite kind of
0: like very stereotypical moment from hallmark and i think i am going to talk about what i thought was probably the most cheesiest part of the movie when they were shopping for the house in the antique mall and suddenly some one-line woman from across the room is like oh look they're under the mistletoe and literally nothing happened but there this was the only there
1: there were gazes exchanged that's right there were awkward giggles and there were oh
0: then I think his phone probably rang because that happened about 10 times that his
1: phone would ring. That's always uh, the editing. thing. Like he's too busy for her and that's to, why. Like too yeah. busy
0: to kiss her essentially. Um, but yeah, so I think that under the mistletoe like line for me, like I definitely would have taken a shot on my bingo card or whatever, you know, crossed off that space because that was the only, I believe, reference to
1: mistletoe in this entire movie. Uh, no, there was one in, during the Christmas oh, right, The kid referred to Mistletoe oh, that's and right. then he said, kissing's gross. That's right. That's true. That's true.
0: But this was like the only like moment with them and they didn't even kiss, but whatever. So that was my Hallmark bingo movie.
1: What about you, Mary? Oh man. I, there were a lot. There's so many. There were this. a lot of bingo moments in this movie. One could choose, for instance, one of the many times when both of the men, Michael and Nick, Um, very superficially uh, interacted with Max, the child, and it was evidence that they were perfect. Um, One could, you know, I I think Michael took a candy cane out from behind his ear at one point and that sort of thing. He told Nick that he was tall, and so Nick, you know, stooped down to talk to him, and that was adorable and lovable and whatever. The most hallmarky of Hallmarky Bingo Moments though might have been the fact that the snow starts during their first kiss.
0: Yes, I would agree. That was like and it's all all that digital snow which I hate that they do now because it doesn't even like get on their shoulders.
1: Snow on one's shoulders is so important. That gets underestimated. There's not enough yeah. snow on one's shoulders. It doesn't
0: really like create a moment if it's and in just the hair. Fake. The hair is important. Yeah. And yeah. If, I mean obviously they probably don't want to like get in their eyeballs or something, but like if to not even oh, whatever, have any snow, evidence of snow on you is pretty weird. So those are kind of our big hallmark bingo moments, but I'm telling you if you were playing along with our card, you probably want in like the first 30 minutes because they had so many.
1: Oh yeah, we we did in fact have the word um the words Christmas miracle occur at least twice in the first 30 minutes, I would say. Yeah, absolutely. So that was that there were that ginger was gingerbread house well. making,
0: there was ornament making, there was a hot chocolate cart, like there was just so many very stereotypical things yeah
1: oh they dance to um i'll be home for christmas oh yes. it, it was it was special Ugh. so i also want to talk a little bit about our hashtag relatable moments and this is harder as it always is the bingo moments are always more plentiful plentiful Yes, this was a tricky one for me. I really struggled here. But there was a very relatable moment for me in that antique mall scene that Sarah was referring to, the same one when the, they ended up under the mistletoe. In that antique mall scene, she is discussing his um design tastes and she says, "Okay, so it's clear that you like Scandinavian, you don't like Tuscan, so and so forth." And then she there's some piece or something that she says, "Um we're definitely not getting that. I hate it." Oh, unless you like mid-century modern, and is then really clearly relieved to hear him indicate no particular <laughs> preference for <laughs> mid-century modern, and that was relatable to me because mid-century modern can stay in the mid 20th century, as far as I'm concerned. We don't, we don't need that back. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, I would have to say that they did
0: something that was, in the end, I decided I really needed credit for because this never happens in Hallmark movies. And I was really impressed. So when she is debating in her head, she really thinks she loves this Nick guy that's super rich and blah, blah, blah. He's going to solve all of her problems. She remain remembers that maybe that's not the best option. And that she's your a- boss. And that's weird. Yeah, exactly. You, that's right. She decided because they worked together, that probably wasn't the best idea. So she literally asks out the doctor to go to the Royal, royalist, which of course was then later crushed by Nick. But she asked him out for dinner, which
1: that she never. made the first move. I respect it. Yeah, you know? and
0: and I some I know how hard that can be sometimes. And not only did she ask him out, but asked out the guy she probably really should have picked. Right, and we can we can discuss that. That's right. Detail. We can take a chance and you know even make that happen. I, I think that was really. N- very un-hallmark and that was pretty impressive and one other thing i just want to mention that like of course was not 100 percent implied at any moment but that event planning british guy walter was maybe gay
1: it's definitely like reads as gay in a rom-com aimed at straight women kind of way but that will never be mentioned because because a it's hallmark and b it's sort of how shall i put this it's not a character that Hallmark would ever give the spotlight to. It's not a character, so the spotlight always has to go to like the straight thirty-something, usually white woman, right, who wants to marry a CEO.
0: And and at one point they even have like a oh you can't possibly wear
1: that moment with this with this guy that's implying to her I am far right better. and so sort of like the markers of his gayness are there are are there but they're definitely the things that fit in with a gay best friend to an attractive straight woman stereotype, as opposed to anything that I suspect the the gay men I know would relate to.
0: Right. And there was not any, obviously he had no boyfriend, you know, it was nothing like that. But I thought that also was kind of relatable, but in very stereotypical, unimplied way.
1: Right. Like his, the markers of his gayness were all essentially a way for him to relate to and support her. Right. And not anything to do with himself, which is of course what we're dealing with here.
0: Let's get back to what we think should have happened in this movie.
1: I think there's a clear candidate for a rewind moment here. And I think it's definitely the date that was crashed. (laughs) All right, so we go back to the date. So from the minute Nick and Kate walk in, and definitely from the minute that Michael invites them to pull up a couple of chairs, because poor Michael, he doesn't know what to do. I
0: know. Oh, um, weird for him.
1: I, I think that there need to be some revelations that happen. I think there need to be some sort of things brought into consideration for Abby that uh, are not, unfortunately. So here's how I see this going. I see abby and kate at some point ending up you know washing their hands in front of the mirror at the ladies room at the same time and kate's kind of like re-lippy you know like re-lip sticking up sure something like that and kate's kind of like i just realized what happened here and i apologize because this is super awkward yeah you know um, you have
0: to take the moment to just be like you guys were on a date what the this hell? is extremely
1: inappropriate And I'm not sure, you know, I, it kind of looks like Nick planned this. It's really out of character for him to just ask me to go to a restaurant with him. And so like, it looks like he did something super out of line and appropriate here. I would like to apologize for us essentially crashing your date. And I see that as being a great turning point for two reasons. Number one, I see it being a turning point in Abby and Kate's relationship, because I think that's where they can also start to sort of open up to each other and be like, you know what? I have been kind of hard on you. Sorry, I, meaning Kate, have been kind of hard on you and didn't have a lot of confidence in your abilities at first. But, you know, you are doing a good job and I appreciate that. And that's when Abby can be like, you know what? And I kind of judged you harshly, too, because you had good reasons to be skeptical of my abilities to begin with. And, like, maybe we can work together, okay? So I, I want them to be friends. And, and I think that that's fair enough. Like we said, they don't have to be our enemies. So that that's really good.
0: Then we think that Maybe they're carrying on decorating the house. They're working on the child's play. And maybe Kate's getting involved a bit more with Abby and they're working alongside each other a bit better. But we feel like at one point the doctor. He deserves another chance. Like Michael never got got a chance. Their date got hijacked. They didn't even really. She decided to go out with him. Decided it was a better idea than dating her boss. Which everyone knows in practicality is true and her boss
1: hijacked her date this is so inappropriate
0: like, guys this is not okay no not in 2019 y- your boss can't turn up on your date and be like you should be dating me so she's going to go out with Michael again in the in the new version and and maybe they realize that they have a ton in common
1: i think they do realize they have a ton in common i think they realize that you know they are both really into some of the same authors Maybe they have some of the same favorite TV shows. And beyond that, I think they both have some of the same values. It seems like, you know, her family's really important to her. It seems like his family's really important to him. They did meet through his grandfather, after all. We did even see his niece at
0: school at one point. Right. You know, they're both
1: super into their families. They both care about their communities. And they both are passionate. I think they're both passionate about healthcare justice, maybe, because... He works with, uh, he's a pediatrician, and he works with children who oftentimes are probably victims of our profit-driven capitalist healthcare system, and maybe he sees flaws in that. And I think that she is someone who also is a care worker, or was before she went back to her design career, has That's also right. seen those inequalities firsthand, and maybe they want to be partners in addressing that.
0: Yeah, and I think potentially her like work with this charity thing... Could give them the way a way to discover that together as they, you know, attend the gala
1: and they carry on with their relationship. Yeah. So they, I think they could definitely have some things in common. And I think that if they gave each other a chance, sorry, let me rephrase that. If Abby gave Michael a chance. Yeah. If Nick let Abby give Michael a chance, we could definitely if, realize uh, that.
0: If her boss let her, right? Give if Michael her boss chance, let her totally go on weird a date again. with
1: another single man who is not her boss, that's right. Then maybe, maybe they would have hit it off. So even though I think even within our rewrite, there might still be this sexual tension between Abby and Nick, which is not like the chemistry was amazing, but whatever. Right. There were there were a few moments, but um. His, phone kept, his I phone kept ringing. I wouldn't so. want to date someone who
0: would pick his phone over kissing me.
1: But I think, you know, Michael had potential. Mm-hmm. Michael had potential to be a perfectly good partner for Abby. And we, were, we as the audience and Abby as a character were kind of cheated of that. So in, in our rewrite, I think they get to give it that chance. Right. So we fast forward to the gala and I think part of the actual ending would stay the same. And that's the part where Kate approaches Nick and essentially asks for and obtains a promotion so that Nick can dedicate more of his time to something else. Except he might think that something else should be Abby. We don't think that something else should be Abby.
0: No. We think that should be just like some finding himself time. I don't know. Maybe he
1: really doesn't care about this sort of charity thing. I think that Nick is a very... Wealthy man who is really used to his desires being met and to other people responding immediately to his desires. And so it's really troubling that, you know, his reaction when a woman he was interested in went on a date with somebody else was to crash the date as if he were entitled to her time. So I think he maybe needs to spend some time like coming to terms with some shit and like. Right.
0: Definitely needs some therapy.
1: Like I would he probably know, needs sure. some therapy probably a vacation wouldn't hurt true um, I did
0: wonder I remember his mom implied at one point in the movie that she had been in New York for a really long time and blah 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 maybe him and Desiree can go like back to New York
1: because she's been working forever but or like on retainer which reminds me I, I don't want to subject Desiree to Nick either though because I think true. she deserves better too but remi- from which reminds North me of another thing
0: maybe they could.
1: No, from a work perspective, they could get together, that's true. But let's go back to what happens at the gala with Desiree. So everybody's really impressed. Desiree is the assistant who apparently has been on Retainer for like a decade waiting and now has waiting for, for Abby. Abby, apparently. And so Desiree comes up to Abby and I she don't says... I know how she reported that on her... Like, I know, right? Or, but
0: whatever.
1: So Desiree comes up to Abby and she says, Oh my gosh, I'm having to have more of your business cards printed because everybody wants to know who the designer was for this place because everybody loves it so much. And you're going to get so much work and it's going to be great. And then Abby says, I'm so thrilled to hear that. I think I want to go back into design full time. And I was really hoping that you would come work for me. And Desiree is just thrilled. And she says, I I was just hoping you would ask. I was just hoping that sense would end a little bit differently. I was hoping that instead of work for me, it would be, like, be my partner. Because, like, come on, Desiree's waited a decade for this. Like,
0: she totally deserves it. She's and-
1: probably been working in the field all this time that Abby was working in a completely different field because she tricked herself into believing that that would make her a better mom or something.
0: And Desiree has followed like the stereotypical person of color as the sidekick that has like five lines. So I think in this rewrite, we should think about that. I think
1: she, she needs more lines.
0: Yeah, she needs, I don't know, like maybe she becomes... Uh, she gets a role with Kate or something. I don't know. Maybe they don't end up working together, Abby. what Does Abby do this as her job, do we think, in our version? Or not? Does she go
1: back to the healthcare? Because maybe she does, I think. Maybe she does. Because her and Michael are passionate about that together. Maybe. Yeah. And I mean, if she does go back to the healthcare, though, I don't think it's because of Michael. I think it's because she realized that, like, maybe there was a reason she was in this all these years that wasn't that she has a kid, because that's kind of not really a logical reason to choose a career that is equally demanding as another career. She, like, she clearly liked the people that these these right, like, people that lived at
0: this facility.
1: I mean, I don't really have strong feelings about whether Abby goes back to her old job or whether she stays in design. But I think that the fact that her sort of excuse for not going back to design earlier was kind of flimsy. The idea that working at this assisted living facility would somehow allow her like more flexibility and more time at home. I, I think that, again, I just think this is like a misconception that kind of underestimates what people those kind of jobs do because those kind of jobs are really demanding in a lot of ways well and not to mention
0: that the father of Abby's father so the grandfather of Max the child he runs a cafe and seems to have a lot of time to look after the kid or that also would be you just have to shut down the cafe to go pick up the kid from school like he had no staff there yeah I don't I'm not really tied either way about her design career I don't think what she did was phenomenal but I suppose that potentially could be expected if you were genuinely out of an industry like that that's changing a lot all the time for 10 years but in fact I obviously I kind of would have preferred Not that we chose to rewrite. We obviously felt the worst part of this movie was when Nick, her boss, Gay, crashed the date. But like, I almost would have preferred for her to have maybe didn't leave the design industry because just because she had a kid or whatever. But I think that if she is in this town where there's obviously, as per most Hallmark movies, only one rich family in town, although there were a lot of people at that party. So on Christmas Eve, available to donate their money to a hospital, yeah, maybe I don't she know. could get more clients. But I did wonder about her ability to remain gainfully employed and Desiree as designers in a town where she just walked away, got the first design job that ever existed in that town in a long time without any experience for 10 years.
1: Yeah, again, unclear where we are geographically though. That's Extremely unclear.
0: The the biggest point for me would be that they had her on the right track to to pick the right guy. They still chose not to. She still was going to end up with her boss, which is so creepily inappropriate. But also extremely Hallmark. True. But like there's so many boss situations now where like these guys are doing totally inappropriate things and we them out it. So, like, probably not the best That's true. This is on. not
1: the best movie for the Me Too era, Yeah, is exactly it? It's really right not. now,
0: like... Matt Lauer had that, like, button under his desk that, like, locked the door when women came in his office. Yeah. And he got the office to install it, and nobody said that was weird.
1: And yet we have movies directed at women with, you know, I assume overwhelmingly female audiences where the plot line is still, boss wants to bang his employee, and so he literally crashes her date with another man.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Totally, totally bizarre.
1: But at least I
0: think in our sort of ending, yes, we think it is still going to end happily because she had a fantastic option of someone that was single, very good looking, had a really good job still, and worked, and she knew his grandfather from their both parallel healthcare jobs. Like, I just, I think it still could end
1: up okay. I think, yeah, I I think if we had given Michael a chance, things could have worked out very nicely for the two of them. So shall we look ahead to next week? Yeah, let's do it. So
0: there's, obviously there's a ton of other movies on. In fact, let me just grab out my app and I will read some of the ones coming next week. I think the two that are
1: debuting next weekend, one is Mary and Bright, which we saw a sneak peek at in the preview episode last week. And the other is A Christmas Scavenger Hunt. Yes, these are both coming. And then there's a couple
0: on The Miracles of Christmas, which is, of course, is the Movies and Mysteries one. That next week will be two bad titles. Two Turtle Doves and Nostalgic Christmas. But I think of these movies, the one we would like to sort of predict is Christmas Scavenger Hunt. Because we have seen a bit of footage of this and we
1: still can't tell. No, what... we really don't know what it's about. So we really Even though the to... title
0: seems pretty
1: clear all i can tell you from the preview is that it's definitely going to involve a man in flannel and there's definitely going to be like snow in a pine forest and that's all i got but i think from the title we can make some fun predictions yeah for christmas scavenger hunts
0: so obviously there's some kind of like race in their town to like gather christmas miracles of sorts and they have to go this is going to be a Hallmark bingo card like palaba
1: like it's just going to be it really is hallmark bingo everywhere okay let's back up for a second though who do we think is putting on a christmas scavenger hunt and why because part of me thinks it's not going to be the town doing it it's going to be some sort of letters from someone's past that sends them on a christmas scavenger hunt like maybe he lost his wife and she's like i want you to love again and so find these like 12 things for the 12 days of christmas so when you find them you will love again
0: oh see they did one similar i think where someone's Someone died and they got the 12 days of Christmas delivered to them one day at a time. Oh, did they do that one already? Yeah, well, that that is a movie that existed that was sort of like that. But you're right. That could be what they're after. Like, they're going on the hunt for maybe the dead wife has, like, left clues or something.
1: Right. And it might not be a wife. It might be his mother or something that's, like, you know. Right. I, I want you to be living this happy and healthy life where you're enjoying Christmas to the fullest or something. But because anyways. he's
0: going to be Scroogey and not into Christmas.
1: Right. And so I think that the scavenger hunt is going to make him rediscover the joy of the Christmas of his, of his youth. And I think there's going to be an unexpected surprise at the end. Unexpected for him. Rank, rank, but for of a, course. we know the, what the surprise will be, because I think it'll be love.
0: He will find, yes, the, there will be love. Let's talk about what we think the items might be on this scavenger hunt list,
1: because this is like a Hallmark bingo wet dream. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> it really <laughs> is. So what might be on the Christmas scavenger hunt list? I think they're all going to be things that are somehow connected to his past. So let's say there is the... Special plate he used to use for Santa Claus's cookies.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. A million different recipes. There could be like their gingerbread recipe. He has to find that that was like buried in I think it's going to be gingerbread because
1: Hallmark seems to be extremely partial to gingerbread over other traditional Christmas sweets. Yeah, they're always always about gingerbread. So that's what I would guess. That would be one of my guesses. I would say one of them will be to find the perfect Christmas
0: tree oh yes yes definitely or what about like his grandmother's antique snow globe that was like hidden in the attic or something that could
1: be that could be which raises the question of how far back do snow globes really go how long has that been a thing i'm really not sure but i don't know maybe i'll look it up and let you know next week that's right we'll do some research on snow
0: globes i think a snow globe will appear in this movie i also think there's got to be some kind of someone's ice skating or maybe he used to play hockey when he was a kid and you know his grandmother hated him playing hockey or maybe she loved him playing hockey mm-hmm. and he gave it up because she died and she wasn't going to come to his hockey games anymore oh and my so gosh. there will be like
1: a moment Sarah you just ripped my heart open and- <laughs>
0: Yes, but I grew
1: up in Minnesota, so you know hockey love. That's totally where that would come from. I see, I see. Yeah, I think that we've got some good ideas of items that could be on this scavenger hunt. Another way it could go would obviously be a Twelve Days of Christmas type of thing, but true,
0: um, true.
1: But I think that that's a little bit more limiting because I don't know. It might be hard to find some that many turtle typing. Dubs. You know, I mean, the turtle dust you only have to find two of them. But what about like the lords of leaping? Maybe you it's know. like a
0: modern day twelve days, and they're going to make up their own twelve different things. Yeah, that's ha- mean, that seems like far too much creativity.
1: Yeah, for no, Walmart. nobody's nobody's going that far with it. I think that I, I think we're going to see more traditional Christmas items. Yeah, that's for, I think that's always to be expected. I think there's one part of this prediction that we can definitely agree on, and that is that, of course, they, they will, will fall, fall in, in love.
0: love,
1: and we'll see you next week.
0: For episode two, which we haven't really determined which one we're going to do, but um, for the next week's movies, and we will rewrite them up on Hallmarked Up with Mary and Sarah. Don't forget to check us out at Hallmarked Up, that's dot com, and on Instagram at Hallmarked Up.